Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to Kindled. This is episode 105, and the sponsor of today's episode is Prep Dish. Today, I have a conversation with Katie Alexander. She has the perspective of a woman who spent the majority of her kids' young years working full-time outside the home. And so Katie brings a lot of wisdom and just practical real-life experience to the conversation about work and motherhood, and especially in the context of working outside the home. So for those of you who are tuning in and you find yourself in that spot and you are looking for just some boots on the ground encouragement and practical, you know, kind of hope to meet you where you're at in the challenges of those situations, as well as the joys, I think you will really appreciate what Katie has to say. And for those of you who do not work outside the home, um, what I hope that this conversation does is give you a little bit of an insight into the mind and the heart of a woman who does because I know we all have friends or sisters or cousins or whatever who are in different situations than us. And it's helpful to understand how those women may feel and just to be able to bridge the gap if there is any such gap between, you know, in those relationships because of the work that we do. Now, there doesn't need to be and there shouldn't be, but there often is. You know, it's just a reality that sometimes it's hard to relate. Sometimes you don't know what the other person is really going through and you're not sure what's okay to talk about and what isn't. And I think that you will really find some practical application from this conversation with Katie Alexander today. So let's hop right in. Katie, welcome to Kindled. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Katie Alexander. I live in Apollo Beach, Florida, which is a small little town outside of Tampa. I am one of the few Florida natives, I think. (laughs) And I am married to my high school sweetheart and we have two little girls. And while being a mom is my most important job for the last 13 years, I have built a career in healthcare strategic planning and business development and most recently combine those two passions into a book for working moms that kind of comes from the perspective of taking a little bit more control over your work path so that you consider your personal and professional goals and seeking a whole life that is with your soul on fire for the things that God created you with a passion for. That's awesome. So tell us about your family. You have a couple kids. Two girls. I have Ella, who is 11, and Meadow is five. And um, we struggled with fertility issues both times getting pregnant. So that's kind of the reason for the big gap. But God bless us with two beautiful little girls who are super feisty and fun. And they're both in school, kindergarten and sixth grade. So we have both of them in school full-time, which is a new adjustment for everybody in the family, but it's 
so much fun to see them kind of growing into their own and becoming little ladies. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. I think we're done for now, but you know, I keep telling my husband, there's no biological clock with adoption. So we could change our mind at any point, but I yeah. think for now we're, we're good yeah. with these two girls. So what does work look like for you? Okay. So I have a traditional job outside the home in corporate America where I work in strategic planning and business development, and I lead a team of sales reps who are out in the field. So the traditional job looks very corporate-like. It's a lot of meetings, a lot of emails, a lot of early mornings, late afternoons, and every day kind of looks this looks different in the sense that I have new challenges, but day in and day out, it's your pretty typical corporate job, wear a suit to work type of thing. However, about two years ago, I was in search of a resource that could meet me in the trenches of being just a, a work outside the home, have a real boss and a commute type of mom that could meet me there and just give me some encouragement and some practical tips and some things to just say like, hey, I'm, I'm with you. Like you're not alone. It can feel a little lonely out there. And I couldn't find it. I just kept looking for something and everything I found was either written by an entrepreneur or a writer or someone who Mm -hmm. is working part-time. And then it kind of hit me like, there's no books like this because these moms are busy working. Right, (laughs) Um, This is exactly something that they're taking time to do. And there are a couple that I found and one of them was even published by a Christian publisher, but I read it and I was like, this is not what I need. This is not reaching it. And I kind of... I don't know how to say it in a way that doesn't sound all like hocus pocus and spiritual, but it was spiritual. You know, God just kind of began talking to me and the way I knew it was him was not that he like audible down into my room, but I had this voice in my head that just kept saying like, Katie, you will write it. Katie, you will write it. And um, I just kept wrestling with it. Like, no, I will not. I don't have the words. I don't have the time. And the voice just would not go away. And so I think we can get hung up on, you know, what does the voice of God sound like? Well, it sounded a lot like my own voice, but telling me to do something that I didn't want to do and I didn't feel like I had the ability to do and just sitting down one day and letting it happen. I think that makes a lot of sense because, you know, as you were mentioning, a lot of those books about working women are written by entrepreneurs or stay-at-home moms. I, I could see why that would be like, well cool for you, but where's the book for me? Or where's the book that I can identify with? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of women do find themselves in a full-time career raising their families. And I think you bring this out in the book, but it is challenging not to feel isolated. However, Mm -hmm. of course, I think that's a challenge for all women and really all humans, but in a unique way because of all of the things that are kind of on your plate as a mother And then with a full-time career, I think it's real easy to get to a place of being like, I must be the only one. I must, you know, and you you talk about how you would feel kind of isolated in conversations with stay-at-home moms or like you didn't speak the same language and you didn't know how to connect in the same way. Mm -hmm. As I was reading what you wrote, I continue to just see that there are so many, I don't say this to be trite or like trivialize it, but I honestly saw more similarities than differences. And when you were writing, like from your internal, like, here's how I was thinking, here's how I was feeling. I was like, I felt all of those things, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, just the the fact that I think the reality is like, we as women are honestly, like often 
fighting the the exact same battle, just in a different context, you know, and, and that when we can see that, it allows us to kind of reach across the aisle in a sense of mm-hmm. what, what may look like division of, you know, well, I work full time or I stay at home full time or I don't work or whatever we are going to fly our flag of, mm-hmm. you know, this is my choice or this is my whatever. There's just so many more similarities than differences at the end of the day yes. when it comes down to the things that are deep and actually matter. Absolutely. And, you know, all those other books that I've read by stay-at-home moms or writers or part, part-time or entrepreneurs, they've met me where I needed it. They might have lacked that one big giant factor of a boss, but they met me where I needed it. And I'm glad you brought this up because I think when you walk a little bit in someone else's shoes and you see it from their perspective, it does change things. Yeah. When I read, I think it's called, well, I read a book by Sally Clarkson and Sarah May. I can't remember the title, but it was really from the perspective of a stay-at-home mom who was really struggling in that season with young children at home. And I can't relate to that. I worked the entire time my kids were babies. In some ways, I kind of felt like I took the easy way out. You know, like I got the fun stuff. I got to come home and give them a bath and put them in those footed pajamas and, you know, cuddle them and rock them to sleep. And yeah, sometimes we had sleepless nights, but I didn't care because I knew I was giving up so much of the daytime. Mm -hmm. And there's women out there who are just, they have no break. They never get a break. And I don't want to characterize motherhood like something you need an escape or a break from, but it's hard work. You know, there's so many joys, but it is hard work. And so in some ways, you know, I think some of my guilt came from feeling like I took the easy way out. I love my job. I love getting up in front of a group of people and commanding a room. And, you know, I have employees and an assistant and that all sounds super glamorous. I mean, it's not, not actually that glamorous, but it sounds like it, you know, especially to somebody who's at home all day, you know, and their kids spit up on them sometimes. And and it's like, my, I wish I had a nice office to go to. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, and there's things that, I had to be intentional about like going and buying new clothes because I cannot show up for a meeting with the, you know, the highest people ranked in our entire organization wearing like what I slept in. I have to dress well. I have to keep my hair done nice. You know, like, so some of those things that look like I just have it all and I just have all the luxuries, like those are kind of necessities of the world that I live in. Mm -hmm. And then I could look at you and say like, gosh, I wish I got to stay in my sweatpants all day. Or I wish I could doze off while my kids were napping or have time to clean my house in the middle of the day, you know, and, and view it through a lens that is so broken. Right. And that's, I think what you're referring to is the chapter in my book where I I compare the stay-at-home mom to the working mom. And on purpose, I tee it up to seem like I'm creating this division of two camps. But what I'm actually trying to say is like, we're all on the same team. We are just trying to survive and thrive. And we are doing it in a way that we feel God has made best for our families. Mm -hmm. And for my family, that was me going off to work. That's what it looked like. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I think what it really points you to and pointed me to in reading it was sometimes what we're missing is the truth or the being reminded of the fact that none of us are going to ever feel complete or made whole or satisfied or content if we are looking to our work to do it because you didn't like you didn't feel, you know, there was times that you Mm -hmm. say, 
I wasn't sure if this was the right thing. I questioned it. I had hard conversations with my husband. We wrestled with it. I guarantee you the stay-at-home mom who isn't working, you know, for financial benefit, I guess, (laughs) has had the exact same conversation. I know me, my business working from home, I have this conversation on a weekly basis. Honestly, I mean, not like to the degree of like, should I go get a job? But like, what should I do next? I feel lost. I, I mean it's kind of like the the pathway before me is wide open. And sometimes that's hard because I'm like, I don't know which way to go. I could go any of the Absolutely. ways. And it's very challenging to discern and know like, what's the right next step, you know? And so, Absolutely. and that's why it's like, it was just really, I don't know if healing is the right word, but it was like unifying to realize like, oh, we are all in the same boat. We all have yeah. to not put our work on this pedestal mm-hmm. of that this is what is making me right before God. This is what's making me happy or this is what's doing it for me mm-hmm. because that's just a lie. You know, whether it is inside the home, absolutely staying home full-time with your children and then idolizing motherhood or working outside mm-hmm. the home full-time and idolizing a career and advancement, we will find ourselves wanting if we put any of those things before God, you know, if any absolutely. of those find themselves in first place of our hearts, it's not going to be long before we are just destroyed by those things because those idols can't do what we need them to do, which is satisfy us. I heard this great sermon not too long ago. And I actually, if I could have still made an edit to my book, I would have. But it was that we put pressure on things to be what only God was created to carry the weight of. Like mm-hmm. our job, our boss, our employees, our husbands, our children, they were not created to carry the pressure of us feeling like a good mom or feeling like a good employee. Like we direct that on the wrong thing. Like only God can carry that weight. So if you are struggling in the season that you are in, he wants you to bring it to him. Like bring it to him yeah. over your husband who you feel like doesn't help enough or your employees who aren't giving enough or your followers who aren't engaged enough. Like wherever you're redirecting that pressure to feel like you're succeeding and checking the boxes, like none of those things were were designed to carry the weight of that. But something was and he welcomes that. So that's, you know, I didn't say it in those words in the book, but that is the motivation kind of behind even calling out those differences. Right. Yeah. And, and almost to just call them out as straw men, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. like shadows on the wall, like that. This is so random, but I was watching reading rainbow with my girls last night and was like, Oh, (laughs) I loved this show as a kid. Let's see if you guys like it, which they were completely enamored, but there was, and the episode (laughs) was on, um, shadows and light. And so LeVar Burton held up this little paper cutout of a butterfly and there was a big spotlight. So he held it really close to the spotlight that was focused on a wall. And you know, the shadow looked huge, right? Mm -hmm. Cause like the way the light you know, curves around it and the shadow of the butterfly look ginormous. This butterfly was really only like three or four inches wide. And then he pulled it away from the light and the shadow on the wall got really small. And so it, I was just thinking like, that's the visual that came to mind as we were talking, like that these visions we kind of create in our mind's eye or our heart's eye of what these things can do for us. It's like the tiny, it's a, it's a three inch butterfly. It's just really close up to the light. Cause we are mm-hmm. it's like, our eyes are only focused on that's all we can see in our little viewfinder. It's, it's all we can see. So it looks huge. If that's where you're focusing your time, mm-hmm. energy, your mind, your soul. I mean, if that's where you're putting it, like it's going to look huge to you and you're going to be like, everything rides on this. I live or die by whether I succeed. And 
I have certainly been there in my own work and in my own business, like when I have put too much weight on it and when I have put too much expectation, it's like, it really threatens to kind of kill me. And it's terrible. It's like a terrible place to be, but any of us can do that. Yeah. We can do it with parenting, you know, like how we're packing our kids lunches. like (laughs) the game is tough. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Let me take a second to tell you about the sponsor of today's show, Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a meal planning service where they provide you a grocery list, step-by-step instructions, and a selection of meals that you get to pick from. And what you do is one day in the week, you spend two to three hours prepping all of the meals. So chopping, marinating, mixing sauces, that sort of thing. So that on dish day, the day you're going to eat that meal, you can open up your fridge, get the things out that are already prepped and ready to eat um, or heat up, whatever it may be, depending on the meal, so that you can spend less time cooking each day and more time enjoying mealtime with your family. Each daily prep time per meal is a quick and easy 20 to 30 minutes. And here's an example of a few of the recipes that came to my inbox this week. Oriental cashew chicken with zoodles, balsamic pork chops with roasted broccoli and rice, bison burgers with carrot and parsnip fries, lemon chicken breast with sauteed spinach and mushrooms and rice. These are things that I would not think to create, and they're not complicated recipes. I know they're healthy and they're good, and if my husband wants to add some bread to one of the paleo recipes, then he can do that, but there are things that are going to make me feel good and kind of push me into trying new things that I wouldn't have otherwise thought of. So I love this service, and I know you guys will too. If you want to get a two-week free trial, go to prepdish.com slash kindled. Back to my conversation with Katie. So kind of speaking directly to the mom who's listening, who does work outside the home, because I know we do have listeners who fit that description and I would imagine have felt many of the same ways that you have felt about kind of the isolation or maybe not knowing how to join in the conversation in the same way, not having the same language or the same experiences. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced as a working mom? I should say as a mom who works outside the home. Sure. Well, and you can stay as a working mom because I don't think these challenges are necessarily unique to a traditional job versus a work in the home job or a self-employment job or anything that you're just trying to do really well at, whether it's build a business or show up for a job. The challenges are comparison. You know, there's always someone who's doing it better than you or you think they are on the surface and learning to just kind of chart your own path and keeping it all going. The reality is we live in a world where we need money to buy things. So you do have to either you or your spouse or somebody has to be bringing in some money. So there's a pressure there. And then there's all the other mom things. You know, my kids, they notice stuff. You know, they notice if mom isn't on a field trip. The reality is it can't be on every field trip. So balancing the message with them about how mommy loves them and how I value them and kind of bringing them into the conversation of my work because there are times where I'll have to stop them mid-sentence and answer an email or a text message or something. Mm -hmm. But I've learned over the years to bring them into that conversation rather than getting frustrated and putting my hand up, like, just give me a minute. I'm like, listen, what you're saying is so important to me, but... 
this is my boss and she expects me to get back to her right now. So if you could just hold your thought for one second, mommy would love to hear what you have to say. And then after I send it, I explained to her what I had to send back. I want her to know what I'm choosing over her conversation with me and why that's important. And it's not that my work is more important than what my five-year-old has to say, but sometimes the, in the work that I do, things are time sensitive and they do need an answer right away. And I want her to know, I'm not just stopping you to tell my friend like what we're having for dinner. This is part of the job that mommy has to do. And mommy has a responsibility to God because when I signed up to be an employee in this organization, I promised God that I would work as unto him, not yeah. as to man. Yeah. So I don't want to let him down and I can't skimp on my job, especially if it's a time where, you know, I have the ability to flex my schedule a little bit because I work a lot of non-traditional hours. So if it's like four o'clock and I get to be home and physically present with my child that day, I absolutely have to stop what I'm doing and answer if they're asking me something that's time sensitive. So just explaining to her the importance of it so that she can understand more than just a mom with her face buried in her phone all the time. Yeah. And I mean, frankly, I had almost the exact situation happen with my almost five-year-old last week because I have clients that their website goes down. They're going to be texting, calling, emailing me, expecting an immediate (laughs) answer. They need help now. It's not like I can be like, sorry, I'm with my children. I can't answer your, I won't be responding between these hours. I mean, you know, I just don't have a job like that where I can't, I can totally disappear off the grid. Mm -hmm. Or I should say, I don't have the system in place for me to do that. So Mm -hmm. a similar, you know, a similar situation arose where I had to be like, okay, hold on. I can't listen yet, but I will in a minute. Just let me send send Mm -hmm. this email. And she was like, oh, you're always working. And I was like, (laughs) okay, let's talk about that for a second. Because first of all, I am home with you more than like 75%. You know, I mean, I have childcare and stuff, but I'm like, Mm -hmm. I am home with you more than most kids' moms. You are, you know, just had to remind her, like, you are very blessed in the lifestyle that you get. You do not have to go to a daycare. You do not even have school yet. You do not have all these things. Like, let me put things in perspective for you. And then let me remind you that you are not like the mini God that controls my life. Because sometimes we as moms can swing too far in the opposite direction and go, oh my gosh, I can never be on my phone in front of my kids because then they're going to think that I love my phone more and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I I totally agree. You know, we shouldn't be like just scrolling Instagram all day with our kids there because that does affect them and us. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, like it's good for them to see that the entire universe does not revolve around them. It's good for them to be reminded that there are other people in the world who also have needs and who also have responsibilities. And it's actually healthy for them to see to some degree that I work and that I have clients or that I... I I do other things than make you snacks, you know, like I actually, I'm Mm -hmm. a person and I'm, I'm more than just, just mom, like who, you know, serves your every need. So, um, I think it's just, it's it's helpful for us to remember, like not to idolize the work, but also not to idolize the children or the, Mm -hmm. you know, the perfect example that we think we need to set for them at all hours of all days. Well, isn't that such a picture of how God loves us? You know, he doesn't respond to our every need in the exact moment sometimes. Sometimes he allows us to wait because he wants us to wait. You know, you learn something in the waiting and it's teaching our kids to be prepared for that with God too. Like he's all knowing, all powerful, all seeing, can do anything in an instant, but sometimes he makes you wait. Right. Because he wants you to learn something. <laughs> yeah, he actually does it. It's not all about us. 
Right. He's not limited like I am. And yet he still makes Mm -hmm. us wait because he knows what's best. Yeah. And he loves us. So yeah, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. What is, you know, I asked you about the the challenges, but what would, what would you say is one of the greatest joys of being a working mom? Again, working outside the home, I guess, is your unique perspective that you're able to kind of offer to the conversation. Well, this is going to sound terrible because I do absolutely love my kids, but I know that God created me with something. You know, he created me with talents. We each have very unique talents. I can get up and speak in front of a group of people or write in this instance, a book with very little effort. Like for some people that takes a lot of effort. You're very nervous about that. But there are a lot of things that I can't do that easily. Like I can't do that well. Put me one-on-one with someone and ask me to coach them. I'm terrible at that. Like that's just not where my strength lies. I'm far more uncomfortable in a small group of people, like five or less people talking to them or being the center of the group in that way than I am up on a stage with a bunch of faces I can't even see clearly if I don't have my glasses on. So we all have different gifts. And I feel like God created me with unique gifts. And the only way I can really use those is when I step out in faith to do something like go to my job or start that photography business I used to do, or write a book, or volunteer at my church, or just step outside of my home. Like I love yeah. my children. Don't yeah. get me wrong. And Mother Teresa says, if you want to, you know, change the world, go home and love your family. And I do that. But if all I did was stay in my four walls with my kids all day, they wouldn't like who I was because right. I would not be using the gifts that God gave me. Mm-hmm. And I could still transition to being in my home all the time and find fulfillment. And that's why I love your diverse group of listeners because some of them are doing just that. You know, you might have babies and you're trying to figure out a way to pursue your passion and God might be saying, Hey, not yet, not right now, Mm -hmm. but he's growing it in you. Like if you're listening and you don't know what your passion is, I challenge you to dig deep because we all have something. There is something that God has gifted you with that he wants you to do. And some people it is to just love on their children. Like I have one friend who does that so beautifully. She has no regrets, no other things she's trying to do other than raise these kids and have lots of them. She wants to have lots of children. So yeah, her time is going to be spent in that capacity and that's wonderful. And over time, what God has gifted me with is the ability to look at her life and not measure it up against my own, not fault myself because I feel like God's created me to get out of my house and do some things in the face of other people, whether it's my traditional job or writing the book and not compare to that. He needs all the type. He needs all of us to serving. And like, Mm -hmm. and I was talking about, I wrote this actually yesterday and then it's last night. Like we are all, if you're a believer, you are a candle and you are in a room of a house and you might be in the bathroom or you might be in the kitchen or you might be in the living room or you might be in the basement, but what good would it do for you as a candle to be like, well, you know, there's a, there's a dark room down the hall. Maybe I should go down there and light that room. It's like, no, Mm -hmm. you light the room you're in, you know? And so And that might be for a season that you are in that season of, you know, in those four walls, feeling isolated and God might, God has work to do in that place. It's not wasted. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that, you know, your passion is like dying on the vine, but maybe Mm -hmm. like the silly saying, you know, you're not being buried, you're being planted. And I know in seasons of my life where I felt like I was being buried, I really saw later the fruit or kind of the the garden burst forth from that time and that season of being silent or unseen or quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, at the same time, like your gifts that you feel are being employed and used in spaces outside the home, it's like, 
I think we all could potentially have a variety of things we're doing. And it's just, it's, it's not always the right time. And so for that, that stay at home mom that doesn't have a career that is financially paying her, you know, to Mm -hmm. to, to work. And she's just feeling like her work is laundry and meals and kids and that it doesn't mean that you are somehow less than it doesn't mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you need to go do more like, Oh, have have you considered trying harder? (laughs) Like, have you considered doing more? (laughs) Like as though that would help you because we've already established it isn't the work itself that is actually fulfilling. It's the one who has made you with those skills, with those abilities that, like you said, can be translated to the home or to outside the home. And Mm -hmm. again, with the comparison, that's, that's the only reason Mm -hmm. that we feel the need to qualify these statements is because we're so worried that everyone is looking at us and going, well, why are you choosing to do that? You know, it's like, I, I just think we all need to not be looking so much to the left and to the right to see how everybody's doing it to tell us how we should do it. And instead looking up and asking God, how do you want me to live right now where I am? Show me where you've put me and then give me the strength and the desire and the patience to serve wherever that is, whether that's in my home or in my job or with my clients or whatever. You know, and as we're talking about that, one thing that popped in my head. So if I were being totally honest, God actually put a desire on my heart to write a book when I was 25. So it took me from 25 to 35 to actually build enough in my life to write about because at 25, I thought I knew it all, but boy, did I know nothing. Mm. And then the time God groomed me for those 10 years to come to a point where I could finally carry this out. And I started in my 20s kind of writing and never did much with it. But that was part of the preparation for what he actually had here at the end. And that's to encourage those moms who are in that phase with really young kids. Like, I know you cannot find the time with toddlers and babies to really dive in and focus enough to do something like that. But you start small, you know, carry a journal around, jot your ideas down, let God kind of flow through you that anything's possible in your future. But realize some of these things, they just take a lot of time, you know? And then when I did say, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit down and do it. 18 months it took me to do it. So, right. and now my publisher tells me it's going to take me two years to actually promote it enough to really look back and say, what were my sales? So that's like almost four years of effort just to know whether or not this reached people and was worth the time. But the beauty of it is I know it was worth the time because God already showed me that because I'm not measuring it by the success of the world. But you don't have to be turned off because your season right now might not be what allows you to get there. Keep allowing God to work in your thoughts and give you these ideas and just put them in a journal. And you might revisit it five years from now. It might be the craziest idea ever, or it might be time to sit down and actually like open the screen and start writing the words or doing whatever it is that God might be calling you to do. Yeah. Well, as we're kind of coming to a close, what would your advice, and you can make this as practical or as like spiritual high level as you want, but what would your advice be to that woman listening who is working outside the home and whether, let's just say, you know, we don't know whether she's happy or not happy in that, in that situation, but what would your advice be to her or your encouragement, I should say? Sure. So first of all, 
I think you got to check in with where you're finding your truth. And that's kind of how I tee up the whole book is spending time in the word of God. And I think it's really easy in our world to replace God's word with other people's thoughts, which is a risky thing to say from someone who just wrote a book. Don't replace God's words with my thoughts, you know, set the foundation for your life in that way so that you have one like solid, constant truth. And then the second thing is try to surround yourself with at least two other people. I say two because God says we're two or more gathered, at least two other people that can become your village. And I talk about what the village has been in my life. Like you cannot do this alone. First of all, we are not created for isolation. So don't even try to go at it alone. Mm -hmm. You need people. You need people who show up at your door when you miscarry a baby. You need people who show up at your door when you have a baby. You know, you need people to celebrate the highs and the lows of life with. And if you don't have that, that's the most crucial step. Like Mm -hmm. the rest of it will don't even worry about the rest. You know, like if you have the people that you can do life with who pour into your soul, that's the second most important thing. And that's probably the easiest thing as a working mom to say, like, I don't have time for this. And I just want to tell you real quick what that looks like. That is not happy hour. That is not ladies night. That is not ditching your kids on Friday night to go out and complain about your husband and your children and how difficult motherhood is. This is like a text or a phone call or a word of encouragement to him to say like, hey, I'm battling this today. So my guess is you are too. Just wanted to encourage you to hang in there or I'm praying for you today. I don't know why God put you on my heart, but I'm praying for you today. It's it's people who know you intimately and in yeah. kind of the depths of your soul. And this doesn't come easily. And that's kind of what one and two have in common. A relationship with God takes time and a relationship with people take time. So while we can say we don't have time for these things, those are the two most important investments that you can make. And then there's a lot of practical tips too. There's things like if you want more time, streamline how you're doing things at home. Don't spend all weekend doing laundry. There's a much easier way to live. I talk about it on my blog, sporetheworkingmama.com. There's a blog post on laundry tips. For far too long, I let laundry control me. It was piled on my dining room table. I would have mounds of it on the weekend. We would spend all day Saturday like cleaning the house, doing laundry. And finally, one day we're like, this is no way to live. Our kids are just sitting around waiting for the fun to start. And to be perfectly honest, I am too. Like I just worked all week. So I've streamlined, you know, my house routine and I'm very type A. Everything has to have a place and I need my space to be ordered. So I'm not, I'm not giving you a free pass to never clean your house. I'm just telling you that there are ways that you can implement tiny little things in each day where you pick up after your kids every day. I know it sounds extreme, but I do it. Every single day when I walk by the playroom, I quickly straighten things up because the reality of like a traditional working mom whose kids are not home, they're only here three hours a day. They can't make a whole lot of mess in three hours. So if I stay on top of it and pick up after them each day, I don't have 18 hours of stuff to pick up on the weekend, which is what I was letting happen. And grocery delivery service. Yeah, it seems a little extravagant and I do pay 7% more on my groceries, but I don't take my kids (laughs) to the grocery store so that we have light we have finger lightsabers because that's what they're selling on the cash wrap. Like seriously, or every box of Cheez-Its is open and the cereal has been half eaten and we have the juice boxes with the character heads on them that are $3.99 because we can't get through the aisles without someone having a meltdown. I spend less and I'm getting more time back just by Mm -hmm. figuring some of these things out. But I have a lot of tips in the book and on my website that are free on my website. And they're not all just for the corporate wealthy mom. This is for like, what I tried to do with this is be 
for every mom, for the mom who clips coupons just to buy the food, who can't afford a cleaning person. Like I have ideas in there where you can swap with a friend or tap into your stay-at-home mom friends and offer to watch their kids if they'll clean your house. I guarantee you there's someone in your circle who would do that because three hours of time away from their kids to just kind of have a head free headspace and listen to a podcast while they clean their house, your house might be worth it to them. Yeah. But you don't know if you don't ask, you know, and you, and you might even like make a new friend by doing this and you take their kids to the park and they clean your house. You know, there's a lot of ways in, that I try to give that are not just pay for somebody, pay for somebody, pay for somebody. Like the reality is there was a season in my life where coming up with $65 for one time a month for a cleaning person was a huge stretch. So we had to be mm-hmm. creative about how we did that. But the most important thing, you you can apply all the practical tips, but I just go back to that, getting your heart right and surrounding yourself with people who can encourage you because this gig can be tough, but there are far more joyful moments in it than there are the tough moments if you have the right people who can Mm. point you to that. Yeah, that's so good. So encouraging. And I think everybody listening, regardless of what your work looks like, can listen to that advice and apply that. Absolutely. Man, well, where can people find you, learn more about your book and kind of stay plugged in with what you're up to? Well, thanks for that. So I'm on Instagram. It's for the working mama. So at for the working mama, I have a website um, also for the working mama, which has links to my podcast. So I have a podcast, but it's not like yours. It's just quick eight minute devotions for your daily commute. And we're going through first 31 episodes, the book of Proverbs, because the first chapter in the book is about getting your heart right with God and encouraging a reader who may not have ever opened up a Bible to start in Proverbs. So I didn't want to leave them hanging alone. So Mm -hmm. we're doing that through these eight minute podcasts and the book is out and available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, pretty much any online retailer. And it's called this one's for the working mama. But again, I'll remind your listeners that can translate into any type of work or stay at home mom who just wants to understand her work and mama sister a little bit better. Yeah. And I I'll echo that and say, I really would encourage anyone listening who feels like when those conversations do come up with women whose lifestyle or work choices look different than yours. If you feel like you're not sure what to say, or you don't know how to engage in conversation, I think this book would be a great place to start just reading the account of one such working mom and just hearing her heart too. Because like I said, I mean, even in reading what I did of of your book, it showed me there are just so many more similarities than there are differences. And I think that's a great place to start with anyone, you know, is not to see all the ways that we're different, but to see what unites us and where we are the same. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would encourage well, encourage you. anybody listening to to check that out. Thank you for that. Thanks, Katie. Really appreciate it. And I know these words are going to be really encouraging to anyone listening. So thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you so much for letting me. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Come find me on Instagram at hayleywilliams.kindled. If you're a regular listener, find the podcast in your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. That always helps other moms find the show and other women find the show. And I read every single review and I always am just so thankful to read how Kindled is reaching you guys. I mean, sometimes I will see a review that said, you know, there was just crazy timing around when they heard an episode on a specific commute to work or on a day where they really needed to hear that message. Or it'll be, you know, someone recently listening to an episode from a year plus ago. 
and people finding an episode that's specific to a topic that they really needed some hope or encouragement on from a biblical worldview and with really a perspective to the gospel. And so it's just encouraging to me to read those reviews. So selfishly, I love when people leave reviews, but I also truly want other women who might need to hear that message to find the show. So your review helps them do that. Okay, guys, uh, that's it for today. So I will see you back here next Monday. Have a great week.